0: Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Steve Burns. Steve, are you ready to do this? Let's do it. Excellent. Let's do this. Steve is a stock and options trader and spent the past, I think, almost 25 years studying the stock market with the intention of passing his knowledge on to others. He's written numerous books on the topic. He started trading in 93 or started investing in 93, trading in 95, and founded New Trader U in 2011. Excited to have you on. Steve, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do
1: yeah i'm am personally i'm really passionate about learning and growing i've read over a thousand nonfiction books to nice. really show uh show how how passionate I'm about self- education and uh, my passions have always been personal personal success and uh, self-help self-help addict i've read so many uh so many books about you know just growing as a person that's really my personal passion and uh you know, it worked out for me. I become financially independent and uh, enjoying the uh, the life of an entrepreneur and a trader uh, full time. Uh, and uh, it's, it's been a great journey. I founded a uh, new trader U. What started as a hobby ended up as a platform for new traders to come and and uh, shorten their learning curve if they are interested in uh, trading on the stock market.
0: I think that's great. Um, I think so. So often, just personal passion and doing it well evolves into a way to to help thousands and thousands of other people. So I appreciate that. Um, Just for if if I'm being honest, I don't know exactly what what it means to be a trader. Does that mean that you're spending the entire market doing things? I, I guess just take me through a day in the life.
1: Well, and there's a vast variety of traders, just like, you know, even millionaires. Some are in real estate, some are in their own business, some are investors. I think it's the same way with traders. You can go all the way to the point where somebody has 12 screens set up and they're trying to scalp pennies and nickels off of stocks. And they're watching this huge amount of stocks and watch lists and they spend 9, 10, 11 hours a day doing that. Then you have all the way up to a class of, you know, the buy and hold investor, whether they know it or not, they are trading their system is buying buying into mutual funds and holding it no matter what over the long period of time and they do nothing but, but a buy and hold and just add in. So there's a huge vast array of, of the scale of different trading. you know I personally trade the stock market specifically. I use options at times but uh, I trade trend with, with trend trading and trend following where you want to buy into a trend when there's a signal and you want to hold it for as long as you can. So most of my money and my uh, net worth was created through buying and holding the right stocks and the right indexes and sometimes with leverage during uptrends and bull markets and then getting back out before bear markets began. So in in the larger scope, I'm a trend follower. I might spend an hour to an hour and a half a day on actual screen time. My main work is done in system development and back testing and creating a Good risk reward ratios and uh, ways to actually actively enter and exit with profits, you know, systematically. Which, you know, even though people, you know, people think a lot of that you can't time the market is is a huge lie. I mean, it's just like saying people can't be an NFL football player. Yeah, there are a few thousand NFL football players, and yeah, there are there are tens of thousands of millionaire traders that do have systems that outperform the market. So uh, I know for a fact it is possible. You know, the problem gets when people have strong opinions or predictions. That's not what makes money. Good risk reward ratios and trading the right side of trends is what really makes money. So that's what I really do. Well,
0: I, I appreciate that. And that, that, that certainly makes a lot of sense. And how you frame something I think is also extremely helpful in that analogy about – it's true that not everybody's going to be in the NFL, but the reality is that there are a lot of people who are in the NFL. So it may not seem like it's possible to beat the market or get in and get out at the right time, but there's plenty of people who are doing it. So, okay. So I imagine that that part of part of your part of your school and part of the learning that part of what you teach people is how to decide what kind of trader you want to be. And once you decide that, how do you decide on what trends or what – how to create your algorithm for, for for lack of a better term?
1: Yeah, it's called backtesting in the markets. You know, after a, somebody comes into the market and they have to decide what are their target for gains, what is their risk tolerance, you know, how much can they lose before they quit. And they have to first work out their, their – uh, the, the risks they're willing to take and the rewards they're seeking. And once you do that, then – You have to understand price action and price history and have historical price data. Then you you can actually go back and back test, you know, simple things. If you start with a a large scale thing saying you want to trade the stock market, you know, what's been the best index over the long term? You might say the S&P 500. Then you say, well, you look at charts. You can put indicators on charts. Go where when when did the best trends happen? What happened at the end of bull markets? What happened at the beginning of bull markets? Uh, You could look something as simple as if the at the end of the month if the 200-day mo- price is under a 200-day moving pr- pr- moving average of prices you go to cash and uh, you avoid you know the vast majority 80 percent of bear markets and then when when uh, the end of the month price closes over the 200-day moving average then you go back in after the end of a bear market and you actually have quantified reasons to go in that historically have worked that i mean doesn't guarantee it's going to work in the future but it, its probabilities are that it will. And, it, and if something didn't work in the past, then you can – you're pretty sure it's not going to work in the future. But if it did work in the past, just based, based on the math of the price action, the odds are it will work in the future.
0: So I, I read um, somewhere on, on your site that 90 percent of new traders don't survive the first year. So yes. why is that?
1: Now, I think a lot of it comes down to the psychology. You know, they don't – and a lot of them quit – they don't even like in most things with dieting or going to even some people that go to college, some people that play sports in, in high school, you know, they don't they quit before they even do it long enough to see if they would have been successful or not. And and the vast majority of them just hasn't haven't done the homework. I mean, if you go in and you you're too aggressive and you're trying to get rich quick and you're taking on too big of risk and you have done no chart studies, no back testing. You have no idea what you're doing. You're doing it purely based off of opinions and predictions and, and what your emotions are. Yeah, 90% will fail. But I think that's just like so many other things that just don't put the proper work in.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. So that would seem like a, the wrong approach to, uh, to being a successful trader. But I can speak from <laughs> personal experience in, in, in my 20s when, when I, I, I suppose kind of like you mentioned right at the top, I certainly wasn't buying and selling or doing anything consistently, but I certainly just, on pure emotion, would buy shares of of, of a common stock, and I would usually buy it when it was too high, and I ended up losing money here or there. So I can certainly see if people don't approach it um, professionally or over or look at it from from the from a long-term time horizon, that 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 they won't be successful. So, um, so if if somebody said, okay. I am interested in this. Is it something that you can do part-time or is this something you really need to 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 invest in?
1: No, a- absolutely. I think the, you know, that's another error people make. They try to do this for a living out of the gate. And you got to have, you know, just like saying, oh, "I just want to I want to do a subway shop full-time as my main income." Mm-hmm. You have to have a certain amount of capital and systems in place to do that. And, you know, in the, in the, re, the returns are variable. You're not, you can't consistently, the only person that consistently made money every month was Bernie Madoff. And we all found out that was fake. Sure. So you mean, it's variable income. I mean, to do that, a lot of people jumped to full time of the gate. And that's an error, I think. I mean anyone needs to start and do the things they can do, things that they can do if their job has a 401K or if they have a personal IRA or if they have their – if their company offers stock options for the company. You know, that's the place most people need to start. And, and first of all, I think your podcast probably teaches personal finance. You first have to master your personal finances because a lot of people's best investment will be paying off their credit card debt. They have to first be out of all their debt right. and be in a place where they have extra capital to put towards investments and trading
0: got it well, i think that that certainly makes sense okay so you have your ducks in a row you say you know what i've i've always been fascinated in the markets i i am a person who can follow follow processes i i enjoy research are those some of the the characteristics of people you think mm-hmm. would make great traders or tell me a little bit yeah. more about that
1: yeah, a lot of people that love math, people that just enjoy math and processes and backtesting and and Excel spreadsheets. Those are usually people that do really well with the trading as act, active trading. Uh, they can go in and start studying. I mean, a trading plan first starts with like the 21 questions of a trading plan. You know, what markets do I want to trade? What do I want? What are my goals to earn in a year? What amount of drawdown am I willing to take? How much screen time do I want? Do I want to day trade all, all day for seven and a half hours, eight hours a day? Or do I want to? Do end of day signals, or do I want to do end of month signals? You know, there's just first of all, it's out the right questions to ask to start a trading plan, where you start understanding what markets do I want to trade? Do I want to trade the stock market, the options market, the futures, the forex? You know, it's it's a, a discovery process and research, which so many people just don't do.
0: Okay, so for each one of those, um, for each one of those is going to be more high touch or more screen time. And so that's Mm -hmm. just part of the whittling down process. Um, I I head down to ask you, uh, are there like a 10 commandments of trading or something like that? But I guess it's probably dependent.
1: I actually have a, well, trend, I have actually a a blog post, I think called the the 10 commandments of trend trading, I think, which is close to that, you know, having, keeping your losses small, letting your winners run, uh you know uh position sizing properly based on volatility there are like core elements that create profitability and a lot of it's just math. you know if you do certain things over and over if you have a stop loss that's tied if you're wrong and you leave your upside open you catch a few good trends you're profitable if you keep letting your losses run against you hoping they come back and you keep taking profits quickly when you have them then the the asymmetric math of that makes unprofit makes you unprofitable you know, so few people focus on the math and the systems, and uh, the back testing and the asymmetry of risk reward ratios. And so many go into the predictions and opinions and hope and thinking they can they know what's going to happen. That's where most people uh, are undo- the undoing of most people. What I've seen in all my studies of rich traders, that it this comes down to math and processes.
0: Got it. So if you were to design kind of an ideal candidate for this. How much, how much upfront capital would you think somebody should be able to devote to doing this? And are there, for lack of a better term, bumpers on the high end or the low end on a daily basis that sort of a, here's how much you potentially could make, here's how much you could potentially lose that, that, that you counsel people on?
1: Yeah, for active trading, for actual active trading, you need about twenty-five to $30,000 to really actively enter and exit and pay your commissions and, and, and actively get engaged in it, which is wrong for most people. Because uh, you know if you have too small of an amount of money, the commission costs and even some of the slippage and the bid-ask spreads will actually be too much on a percentage basis to really actively trade with. But, you know, for an investment, I mean, for trend following with the stock market, you can start with any amount of money is the good news. If you have access to a 401k or 403b at work, just start putting money in that. Is a great place to start. You have to start somewhere. The worst thing somebody can do is have, you know, 100,000 or inheritance or their life savings and then just plunge into trading with it all before they educate themselves. So I think it'd be more wise, even if you do have a large amount of money to start with 25 to 30,000 with active trading. And if you don't have you starting with nowhere to just start a small account and dollar cost average in and start with some simple index exchange traded funds.
0: Got it. Nice. So you've been at this for for a good little while. uh, And I'm curious if you read the tea leaves with um, more artificial intelligence and machine learning, stuff like that. How do you see the world of trading changing moving forward?
1: yeah really right now the the thing is the high frequency trading where they're they're hooking up they're hooking up their servers and just close as they can get and there so we actually have a situation now where they're selling market orders to different large high frequency traders and they're front-running people and there's a lot of issue i think that was in michael lewis's book goes into death about that i think it was flash boys so we have that but the best way to avoid the high-frequency traders is to be a low-frequency trader. You know, I trade end-of-day signals, so I don't even get mixed up in all the intraday madness. So, you know, the only time I'm even interacting is the end-of-day. And I'm still, you know, from the 1980s, so I still use Excel spreadsheets <laughs> and uh, simple web-based software to backtest. So, you know, I don't get into the high-speed, high-drama intraday action like that. Uh, but like you said, I do believe we do have – Artificial intelligence now trying to create algorithms, but interesting about the market is, you know, the market is always adapting and there's always a person behind a uh, mechanical system or qu- our quantitative uh, algorithm. There's always a person that has to design the program and the software that creates all that. So there's always a person behind it, even in mechanical trading system. The discretion happens during the creation of the mechanical trading system.
0: Okay, so you will intentionally put in, I, is, hmm, I'm trying to understand, if you have an artificial intelligence that can just take in all previous information and look at trends and things like that, what, what would be something that you would build in to try to get an edge or am I asking the wrong question?
1: No, you're right. It's, it's all about an edge. Which the, that's the thing about the algorithms is they can break down and not work. They had a few that blew up because of a, you know, they don't have a program for a thousand point drop in the Dow in one day. Well, they, the one, because every algorithm's different and they're fighting against each other. So it's like a robot against robot or right. AI against AI. So they're all trying to make money from each other. So they're all adapting to each other. So it's just like with humans, they're having the same problems. As each of them tries to create, and and some are designed to capture trends, some are designed to fade trends, some are designed to buy the dip. You know, they're all different, so they fight amongst themselves too.
0: Very, very, very interesting. So after 25 years, you're still passionate?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's always been. When I was 16 years old, when my first job as a teenager, I was working on compound capital growth tables, uh, just fascinated with how that works. And it's funny, when I was young and I would uh, break down some capital growth tables for people and show them they all thought I was crazy and couldn't even wrap their brains around how that was possible, how money compounded it, at 12% or 20%, how fast it could double and triple and quadruple over a period of time. And uh, even now, i post something like that on my Facebook and everybody starts start trying to troll me on Facebook. And I'm like, that's what I did. <laughs> I actually did that now. you know, People laughed at me when I was 19 or 20. But I'm done. I did all that. So it's it's funny how people have their own belief systems, whether it's even possible or not.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Well, Steve, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: Okay, this is for the general audience with uh, people, personal finance and people that have jobs. If your 401k is offered at your work and they offer a, a, a match for your capital, you have to think of it as a 100% return. If they're going to say, hey, you put in 5% of your income, we're going to match your 5%, you have to do that. That is a 100% return off the top. So that's one, one uh, thing where people can go get a 100% return on their money off the gate. They may not even be aware of or ever thought of it that way. Uh, also, when they put the money in, they should go towards an S&P 500 index fund. That is one of the best standalone systems itself. Even with buy and hold, the S P and 500 averages about 8 to 10% a year on average. So if they if they put their money in, they get 100% return. Then they should put in the SP 500 index and can look at getting eight to 10% returns over a long period of time, even with buy and hold. If they really want to get crazy, they can actually use a 200-day moving average end of month signal to trend trade their 401k, which over the long term it can uh, have multiple time returns versus just buy and holding, and it also can drop your drawdown by a half or a third.
0: Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets a Come on, come on. And Steve, <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can they? Uh, how can they get in the program?
1: Uh, my website is newtraderu.com. That is where I blog. I have thousands of free articles on uh, trading and stock market and investing and personal finance on new trader you.com. Just the letter U. And uh, NewTraderUniversity.com is where my actual uh, school and e-courses are.
0: Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Steve your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to NewTraderU.com and check out all the great content. Thank you again, Steve.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together.